Folks, this evening's programming is going to be a little bit different. I won't be sharing hotline submissions tonight. But we will be talking with an experiencer. A witness to a phenomena any long-time listener to this program will know well. And we're going to hear about an encounter that set off a chain reaction that left us all in bewilderment. So without further hesitation, allow me to welcome my friend and the very first Mirrored Men witness featured on this show, Mr. Matt Pagel. Well, Matt, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, It's been a number of years since we've spoken directly. I know we've talked online and through Instagram and stuff like that, but it's been a number of years since we've seen each other, hasn't it? It's been a very, very long time, and uh, yeah, I mean, literally close to a decade at least. And first and foremost, thanks for having me back on the show. Like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to dive into this. You know, we've been, uh, we've been like back and forth. As you said, over the years, we've talked and texted and talked to each other on Facebook and that kind of stuff. But we really haven't like reconnected on on this particular thing in, in quite a long time, and I'm really excited to revisit it. Yeah, a lot has happened since you've been on the show last. Uh, mm-hmm. It was about six years ago. Uh, and, and for those that aren't familiar, Matt and I went to college together. Uh, we were in the same fraternity. Uh, we've known each other since, I want to say, like 2002, 2003, something like that. Yeah, that's about right. It's been basically 20 years. And when we were in school, you used to tell me a story, uh, a story about mm-hmm. some strange individuals that were outside your window one night. And uh, that story stuck with me for years. And when I started the show, I was desperately looking for other people to share information, uh, to share their experiences. And you were nice enough to come on and, and do that for us. Yeah, and it's funny because I guess, you know, back then it's not like any of us like really pictured, you know, had any kind of picture in our mind for like what podcasting and how how niche the, the categories of podcasting <laughs> and the people that would be interested in this are. But it was one of those things like way back then, it was just a weird thing that happened to me. And like that was really kind of just where it sat for most of my life was just this weird thing that happened to me and like really no, I don't know. Like, do you go to like tell a therapist this stuff? Like what, like what would they do? Yeah, and, do you call the you police? Know, like, like what, you know, what's the answer there? Exactly. It was just something that I was just sort of hanging on to. It's not like, you know, and, and we'll, I know we'll get into some significant details here in a little bit, but it's not like it's something that like is in the back of my mind at all times, but just every now and then something like will happen. That'll just make me think about that moment. And like it, it's one of those things that has stuck with me, and I'm sure will stick with me for the rest of my life. No, I can't imagine. Yeah, especially knowing now, which you know that you know you're not the only mm-hmm. one. I mean, back then you thought you were the only one. I'm sure. Correct. Yes. 
yeah, for a long time. Well, let's let's dive in here if we if we can. But let's begin with uh, tell us about yourself, Matt. Uh, just whatever information you're comfortable sharing with us, uh, where you live, you know, what kind of person yeah. you are, just so we kind of get a, <laughs> a picture of, of who Matt is. A, a real dirtbag. We'll start there. <laughs> well, um, that's what I was going to say, but I want yeah, your words. Yeah, I want just... your words on the subject. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, like like Derek said, Derek and I have been friends for now 20-plus years, so, which puts me in my early 30s, um, almost 40. I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm a – this will make sense for, for this particular podcast. I will say that I'm a, a pretty standard normal guy with a regular job. You know, I, I work in, uh, in the tech industry. But, like, I am at my heart – and you know this, too. This is why – this is part of the reason why the, I shared that story with you. Mostly because I, I come from the angle of someone who's a skeptic mm-hmm. of these types of things in general. Or at the very least, maybe um, I can rationalize things. That things do have an explanation. It, even if it's a mundane explanation or if it is something that is truly a little bit weird, there is at least something that like can explain it away. Right? Like yeah. that's always been sort of my um, – that's just how I am. So the fact that I had this very particular experience that to this day I cannot – square rationalize or like really come up with any kind of explanation for is sort of why years ago why I shared it with you because it was just like okay Derek's interested in this stuff uh you know I gotta tell someone this and then now years later knowing what I know it's just very intriguing to me how like I I still remain skeptical of things but man I just I can't square this and I do feel I don't know if it's a, a sense of relief or Maybe it's actually dread that other people have experienced this as well. I guess we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a little bit, but I, I, I don't know. I just I'm a very regular person. Basically, is is all that this opening spiel amounts to. Like, there's I, I've had your other like general sort of like, gee, what's that light in the sky kind of moments, but you know, I've I've not one of those people who's ever claimed to be possessed or has heard voices or anything along <laughs> those lines. My life is just very normal otherwise. From what I remember, you know, our conversations way back when, you weren't really a big paranormal guy. I know we talked about it from time to time because I probably brought it up constantly. Uh, It's kind of my (laughs) bag, but uh, that's not really something you're into. And full disclosure, you're a podcaster. You have your own podcast, but it's not paranormal related or anything like that. You talk about sports and popular culture and that sort of thing, correct? Yeah, correct. So, like, again, not really into – I shouldn't say that I'm not into paranormal stuff because, like, I I mean, I thoroughly enjoy – um, diving into some of the weirder stuff um, as, as like a conversational piece, but it's not something that I'm like dedicated and interested in. Like uh, like I said, I, mm-hmm. I host a podcast. Uh, it's called The Occasionalists, and generally speaking, we do pop culture, mostly movies and, and music and TV. But we'll dive into some other stuff on occasion, and hence the name of the t- name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But we've never done. Uh, I usually have a, pro- a podcast partner. Lately, it's just been myself. But we've never done a paranormal thing because it's just not of interest necessarily not so much so that i want to like spend uh, as you well know putting these podcasts together spending a lot of your free time yeah you know editing and producing and doing all that kind of stuff you know it's just one of those things that like yeah sure i'll i'll talk about some aliens like that's that's interesting to me but it's just not something that like really occupies that much of my uh much of that much of my free time or many of my thoughts basically well, who doesn't love a good mystery, you know? True. I mean, even if you're not into the paranormal, like the, the mystique of it all. Exactly. People, and that's, people still kind of bend their ear toward it a little bit, even if it's not their subject. Exactly. Even though I wouldn't consider myself a paranormal person, like the circumstances surrounding something like, take like your big notable events, be it like a Roswell, the 
various like credible Bigfoot uh, footage sightings and things like that, there are mysteries to unwind around those. And like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is very, very interesting to me simply because you're right. Like it's, there's something there to be solved or there's more questions, you know, to be answered. It, it adds quality of life to know that there might be something out there that we don't understand, that there's still, you know, there's questions out there that haven't been answered. That that, that counts for a lot of things, not just mm-hmm. the paranormal. That counts for uh, science, uh, discovery, mm-hmm. and treasure hunting, and all sorts of different things. Uh, but but again, it just boils down to that mystery, and that's I think that's what we're all chasing. I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Yes. Yep. Well, let's use that to segue into your actual encounter. Now, if you don't mind, would you take a moment to tell us the story again uh, from what you can remember? Yeah, of course, of course. We would have been in our new house probably around 91, 92, I think 92. We were, we were in the house for about a year at this point. That puts me about like nine years old or so, maybe almost 10. And I want to say it was like a summer or spring night. I just remember it being just it not being gray and 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 you know gross the day that day that that's just basically all i remember so i'm assuming that was probably more like a spring or a summer day obviously into an evening and it was very very late at night around probably like around 2 a.m where i just woke up um not like i was not like um the kind of like you're sleeping funny or like you know you, you gotta get to the bathroom kind of waking up it was just like a very almost like snap of the fingers I was like awake and alert and aware of something. And right then I I just felt this overwhelming compulsion to get up and get out of bed. And so I got up and got out of bed. And then the next sort of compulsion, not like direction again, not like a voice or something, just this overwhelming feeling that like, okay, you're up. Now you have to go over to the window and look out the window. So I walk over to the window and I look out. It was a new development and back then there were some trees that, that are, they no longer exist. They, you know, they fall in or they were cut down over the years or whatever. But there's some trees kind of directly in front of my window that once you like kind of got in the right position, you could see all the way towards the end of the street. But once you got looked past that tree, there were no other houses or anything. Uh, there was just a, a dirt hill, basically. So I kind of crouched down to get in position to see all the way down towards the end of the street. And that's where, in like the very dimness of like the only street light at that end at that point in time, I could see just these three dark figures, kind of elongated but not in human proportions. You would probably just think that these were tall, skinny people, but certainly elongated a little bit. But three dark figures. Strange enough for two in the morning, strange right? Strange enough, even if it was three clothed people that I could recognize. Two in the morning, them walking down the street would be a strange thing. Uh, so this uh-huh. felt additionally, additionally strange. But it was weird how how they moved. Not like in some kind of inhuman way, but just that like it. I could see them moving, and I could see them moving away from me. But it was almost like, despite their movement, they weren't really moving at all. You know, whether that was some kind of uh, you know trick of my eye, the, the distance. I don't know what it was. But, like, I could see them sort of essentially walking, but it really was more like gliding uh, away from me. But it it just seemed so slow. Like, it took them so long to move anywhere. So I watched them for probably, couldn't have been that long, you know, maybe a minute or so, two minutes tops. And then suddenly they just stopped. And they, in unison, they, they in unison stopped. And in unison, they don't do like a full, complete about face to look at me. They just sort of angle their heads enough to look back directly at me. 
and they just their movement stops. They stop completely. I can at this point I can tell that they're not, even though like their their gliding was very slow. At this point I could tell they have stopped moving completely, and they're all looking back at me, and it's just one of those. I don't know if it's like one of those instincts, instant kind of things. I could just tell they were looking at me. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no face, no eyes, or anything that I could really that I could really discern. Again, these were just basically uh, these elongated black figures. But now, I could. Can I ask a quick question? Oh yeah, go ahead. Right ahead. Did you do anything to attract their attention? Nothing. Did you make a noise, a movement, open the window, anything like that? Nothing that I can truly recall. Um, I just. That's why it was like kind of all the more startling because I was just sitting. It wasn't like I flipped yeah. the light on or anything. I was sitting there very quietly, and you know, from the distance they were at, even if I had maybe you know leaned against the window or something, like you wouldn't be able to hear that from how far away. Hmm. Okay, but yeah, I could just tell they were looking right at me, and as they were looking at me, like we just kind of again, I, I couldn't pick out like eyes or anything, but I could tell that like we were sort of we were looking at each other in whatever amounted to our eyes that lasted for I truly don't know how long that lasted it couldn't have been that long but after a few moments that compulsion that I felt completely went away and then a split second I mean like a split second later I just sort of blinked and it was like it it was almost like I don't know if you've ever had a concussion before I used to play football I've had a couple I'm sure I've had several, yeah. <laughs> Probably. That would explain a lot. <laughs> it would explain a whole lot, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it was just this kind of, like, weird sort of, not like I got sleepy, but like almost like someone popped my, like, consciousness for a second. And, like, hmm. I just sort of blanked. And then I, I had, like, my eyes open, fluttered a little bit open for a minute. And then, like, I did a hard kind of eye close. And then when I opened my eyes back up, it was morning, it was daylight, my face was pressed up. I mean, you could see, like, where, like, spit and snot was in the window from where I clearly, like, in the same position, just essentially just leaned forward and passed out against the window. And that was, that was it. That was the last I saw of them. And they were, they were gone at this point, Totally correct? gone, yep. Was there any sign of them? I'm sure there were no footprints or anything like that, but was there any proof that they were there? Uh, obviously not now, but at the time, do you think they left anything? Uh, nothing. So it was one of those things. I walked down the street a couple hours later, very much uh, sort of in my head, like, should I even be walking down here uh, again? Like this was uh, sure. This was like back. There were no houses at that end of the street, like whatsoever. Um, the the road actually, and I'm sure we'll get to this in a little bit. As my sister mentioned, called into the show and actually had a detail that I forgot. The road just ended up there. So we, there would have been no reason for anyone to have been up there anyway, uh, if they were, you know, if they were actual people. So I walked up there, and there was no, you know, footprints in the dirt lots. It's not like they tracked dirt from anywhere onto the road. There was nothing. There literally was nothing to find, which, again, it was one of those things I don't know that I was expecting to find anything. But it was just sort of one of those things, like, I had to go walk over there. And, you know, had I, what if I had, like, found, like, a scrap of, like, uh, clothing or something? It would have, it would sure, have been like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like you're not losing it at least. You know, you're of, of at least sane mind and body. But there's just nothing over there, which kind of – I don't think it made it feel worse, but I was just kind of like, well, this is something truly strange. Yeah, there's, There is no evidence of people having been over here. You know, it's not surprising that they – you know, even if they were regular people, they probably wouldn't have left anything anyway. True. But uh, that certainly doesn't make you feel any better, does it, to find absolutely nothing there? 
Right, exactly. And, it, you know, and just thinking about, like, when I was approximately this age and really more like a teenager, there were, like, construction sites and stuff nearby. So, like, kids do get in like that, right? Like, you just go screw around in a house um, that's being built and, you know, you kind of, like, I mean, even adults do that. Like, they'll they'll go, my dad, I remember, when they were building houses and stuff, he would go for runs and he would just go run by the new houses and just kind of go check at them to look at them. So, sure. at least they're... You know, had I had I seen like tennis shoe tracks or something like that in where like the dirt is, uh, where the road ends, I would have at least been able to go, you know, mentally go like, okay, maybe it was just people screwing around at night, you know, at one of the construction sites nearby, but nothing. I mean, like literally nothing at all. Now you mentioned there was construction going on. Is there anything? Uh, I'll use the word special uh, about the area that you live in. You're in the Cleveland suburbs, there, uh, correct? Correct. Yeah. Now, is there anything special that would attract these things to that area? Nothing. There, it's not like there's, um, you know, like it's not like there's some sordid, violent history. It's not like there's like a military connection, maybe. Nothing like that. No, the closest we are to, to any military installation whatsoever is like the Kent Armory. It's you know like twenty some miles away or whatever, which I don't think that installation even functions anymore. But yeah, there's nothing like that that would be – there hasn't been, like, charted, like, magnet, you know, magnetic disturbances or anything. Sure, nothing like yeah. that. Nothing like that around here. Ley lines or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Because that's often what we wonder is, you know, we hear all these reports of why this area, why these certain places. And uh, it's just kind of picking up clues, trying to, to find something that matches with something else somebody said mm-hmm. years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, since you left your story the first time, uh, a bit of a circus has developed around these things. <laughs> I gave them a name. I call them the Mirrored Men. Perfect name, by the way. That's really good. I'll be honest. It was a ton of fun. To name. I was so excited. I'm like, this is a new <laughs> phenomenon. I'm looking at every book I own. I'm like, nobody's called these things anything. I'm like, what can I call them? Like trying to put my name on something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue it was going to go like this. I thought, oh, there'd be three stories and it, that's it, you know? But here we are seven years later, and I, I just did my second special a couple weeks ago on this subject, which is kind of how you ended up here tonight. So anyway, uh, now that you know about all the lore and stuff, were, were you hip to this uh, for a while, or did you just discover this here recently? D- really just in the last like couple of years, basically. But, you know, my sister got into the podcast, and... I started picking up, especially on the, you know, she's like, you know, she was flabbergasted first that, like, I had this experience at all. But then she kind of mentioned to me that, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of people that have had this particular experience. And so, you know, more recently, I've done some, like, listening uh, uh, in on those episodes in particular, that any any mention of the Mirrored Men. And it is, uh-huh. it is like I said earlier, it's very fascinating that other people have had this experience. And I still don't know at this point, like, I should feel, like, good about it or complete dread about it. I, I think you're not alone in feeling that. I, I feel like that's kind of the sentiment that any of these witnesses have. They're kind of in awe of what they saw. They're confused about what they saw. But at, at the same time, there seems to be some sort of dread or panic that surrounds uh, just the sighting of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the missing time. I mean, yes. uh, that's that's something precious to all of us. And the ability to take that away that's that's a powerful tool mm-hmm. um for whatever this thing is yeah um yep. yeah I, I could see why that would have people panicked uh, i certainly wouldn't w- want to run into one that's for sure or, or three of them i guess 
<laughs> no, absolutely not. What I did find very interesting when I was, you know, listening to the, to the past episodes that in other people's experiences, people definitely have more detail than I have. And uh-huh. I don't know in terms of like the actual appearance. And I don't know if this is again one of those things recounting the story, you know, almost 20 years later, excuse me, like almost 30 years later, or the more and more I think about it, the harder I try to think about it. I really don't think that there was no hint of like clothing. There was no hint of like sex. There was no hint of facial features, nothing. But like, yet I knew, you know, the, the silhouette was there and I, I knew instinctively that what I was looking at, you know, had to be some kind of person, humanoid. I I don't know, but it is interesting that people have had experiences with more details than mine, whereas mine was truly almost almost shadows, basically. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people describe, like a tweed suit is often described, sometimes a robe, like a monk's robe uh, with a hood on occasion. Usually if they're wearing everyday normal clothing, it's out of date or out of style. It's mm-hmm. you know, something in the 50s or 40s. And then the description of their face, that's... that's uh, it's a terrifying detail, quite frankly. It's like an exaggerated look. The mouth is super wide. Uh, the mm-hmm. eyes are wide set. It's just not a normal look for a person. Uh, it's a, a strange appearance. And that alone would be unsettling. And then the fact that there's three of them walking in unison, and then suddenly they zap you and you're missing eight hours of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things quickly become pretty sinister. For sure. And I, and I do wonder if the intent is sinister... Or if I truly was like freaked out and I don't know if like, if if I'm like still afraid now, but it is one of those things that like thinking about the possibility of having this experience again, definitely makes me uncomfortable. But I wonder if that's the goal, if the goal is something, Hmm. if the goal is something sinister or if some of the theories that I cooked up in my head about this were just sort of some kind of facsimile to, to collect data, to, to look at us, to watch us. Oh, interesting. They didn't get quite right, right? Like, it, it looks odd, but this is their best shot at making whoever they is, at you know, at, at some kind of a, a reasonable attempt to blend in, basically. You know, it's funny you say that, because I don't know how much reading on the men in black you've done over the years, but whenever they're reported, uh, it's often that they're, well, they're observing, obviously. That's, it seems to be sort of what they're doing, but mm-hmm. they do it all incorrectly. Like, everything's just a little off like they just didn't get it right Uh, it doesn't know what a straw is or you hand it a pen and it tries to eat it or you know something like that it's it's just not hip to human culture like it got a quick overview and then kicked out the door and like go do your mission exactly that's kind of the pathway that my thoughts were on that like maybe this was some court some some kind of you know whether it's we're talking an alien entity or something else you know this was sort of their best sort of imitation of a person uh, or a group of people, you know, try to be not conspicuous, but they're yeah. not totally hip to what makes us inconspicuous. And so the attempt, the the model is just wrong. The other funny connection or, or strange connection, I suppose, with the men in black is that they're often reported to show up in threes, sometimes twos, but often threes, mm-hmm. which again, you know, comes back to the mirrored men. They're almost always Uh, described as three entities. I've had a couple reports where all the other qualifiers match up except for there's two of them instead of three. Uh, There's still the missing time, the strange weather, Mm -hmm. uh, the strange appearance, all that, all that sort of thing. Man, there's, there's so many questions I have for you. And, And believe it or not, Matt, 
I asked my Patreon listeners to submit questions for you as well. Oh, excellent. And, ooh, they came through. Uh, there's five, <laughs> five full pages of questions here. So I think we're going to just go through a few of these, and then we'll go back to the conversation. We'll just sure. kind of kick back and forth a little bit here. Sure. And I'm going to try to do these rapid fire because I feel like most of them are, are short answer questions. Okay. So um, if you don't mind, I'll just run through a few yeah. of these here right now. And Sarah, my, my wife Sarah, was nice enough to put all these in order for me. So these are questions about the experience itself. Okay, cool. Gotcha. And, and then we'll move on to other stuff here later. Uh, dear listener, I'm sure you've figured out by now that this is not your normal format. Uh, we're just kind of winging it here. So <laughs> Matt's kind enough to, to hang out with us tonight. So we're just going to ask him a bunch of questions and see if we can't uh, get a couple more answers. So the first question uh, was submitted by multiple people. And they just wanted to know the overall feeling you got from the Mirrored Man. Now, you talked about dread before, but are there any other emotions that were dragged up by these things? Uh, yeah, so obviously the dread first and foremost, but there's also sort of this intense curiosity. Like I wanted them to do something, right? Because like mm. as I described, they ju they're just kind of moving slowly and they're not really – they really weren't doing anything. Like nothing, nothing truly out of the ordinary other than like existing. So was, I'm just kind of like well, what's going to happen next? I guess anticipation was the thing that really, besides the dread, was like what's going to happen next was like the, the overwhelming thought and feeling at that point in time. So it sounds like you saw some sort of potential that they could be dangerous. Dangerous or maybe something truly interesting was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like oh, okay. just yeah, what, yeah. what's the next thing here? Um, I'm seeing something very bizarre. Does this get even more bizarre? Well, that segues great to our next question. James wants to know if when they – you know, they walked in unison. Did they walk single file or did they walk side by side? Were they like the sand people from Star Wars or, uh, you know, like uh, line dancers? Yeah, more like line dancers. Uh, they were they were side by side and kind of um, uh, off angle slightly is the way I'll put it. So the middle one, if you're to kind of like look at, the, you know, take the middle one, the one to his right or it its right is probably more correct. The one to its right was slightly ahead of it. And the one to its left was slightly behind. Okay. Almost like a, a very slight diagonal sort of line. And they moved in a jerky manner. I hear that report a lot. I can't remember if that's in your story or if that's in the others. But uh, it's reported that they move uh, not fluidly, like like it's difficult, like robotic. These even. were actually smooth. It, it didn't okay. really seem herky-jerky. It just seemed very deliberate and very slow. But you said it seemed like they were gliding. So there was some sort of oddness to their gait, right? Yeah, like imagine like if you you take your typical walking speed and like the you know the rate that your feet are hitting the ground if despite mm -hmm. the, your feet going at the same rate your speed doubled. That's kind of what it seemed like. Like a people mover. Like if you're at the Denver airport or something. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're walking on one of those conveyor belts. Exactly. Yeah, you're taking one step and you're getting, you know, 7 feet out of it. Gotcha. Wow. Randy wants to know about detail of what they look like. But you kind of already went into the fact that you couldn't really garner a whole lot from that. They were more like shadow entities. Correct. And to the point where, like, it was, again, just more of a feeling that I was looking at a face than anything else. You know, even if you take, like, the, the shadow outline of a body, you can kind of see it, you know, turning and moving, right? Like, that's, mm -hmm. you know, you can tell that. But it was, it, somehow I could still tell that I was looking at whatever constituted its face. But there was just no detail. And I think... I, I, not, I think, I know, even from, you know, if you were to have like a person under kind of dim light from, you know, 200 feet away, I could still make out the very scant details of the face. I could still make that the outline uh -huh. of your mouth and, and your know, eyes and everything else. Could not do that. 
it was very stark how empty the, the, the details of what should have been there. Like there was just nothing there, like a black hole. Uh, was there a, a street light or anything like that that would illuminate them? There was a street light, and I'm fairly certain it's still there. There's a street light that sort of like marked the end of the street. There's a street light maybe behind them another hundred feet or so, roughly speaking. You know, it's dim. Like that's like that low orange, low sodium kind of light mm-hmm. um, that just oh, it's awful. Um, it doesn't make anyone look good, let alone uh, <laughs> sure strange entities. But, like, it, it sort of illuminated them enough that I could see them. But, again, the lack of detail is very unsettling. Because, like, I should have been able to see something on them, even in dim light from that distance. I should have been able to see something that, that was recognizable as a face or an arm or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing about them really stood out other than the general shape. It sounds like that's purposeful. You know, they, right. they're trying to conceal their identity somehow, mm-hmm. whatever they are. Well, uh, let's see here. The next one was from AB, and they wanted to know if any of your other senses were alerted to anything. Did you hear anything? Did you smell anything? Uh, Did you get like the pins and needles feeling when you woke up? Was there anything else that your body experienced that uh, was out of the ordinary? You know what? The other thing that I I didn't mention in either the original telling or just um, when I retold it today was actually the lack of, and again, this could just be 30 years worth of, you know, memory fading, but... I don't remember any sound. So it was actually the lack of, like, I hmm. couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember the sound of me getting out of bed, walking over. It was like everything happened soundlessly. I have zero explanation for that other than, again, 30 years of memory fading or i just woken up. That's entirely possible. Sure. But it, everything happened soundlessly. And at two in the morning, it's it's really quiet. It's quiet. Too. It's so quiet. maybe it's just kind of that that made you think that. So exactly, it, uh, it could uh, or there could be a connection too. Of course, could be a connection. Could be two in the morning on a you know an undeveloped street where there aren't houses or people. So <laughs> you know it, it's it, but but it, it is it, it is one of those things I do also remember like the quietness and the stillness of everything. I, I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, Joe wants to know if. I know what she's saying here. I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. When they looked at you, when they turned and looked, did you feel like a download? Like there was some sort of information conveyed to you? Uh, And I I asked this, and I think Joe was asking, because in some of the past stories, people kind of got that feeling like, "Uh, I shouldn't have shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't have looked at them. Or uh, one instance, a guy pointed a gun at him just to look through the scope, and he instantly regretted that decision because he kind of got that information, like, bad idea, buddy. Did you feel anything like that when this went on the first time, or the originally? No. I understand exactly what uh, what Joe means. And it wasn't this sort of – how do I explain this? It wasn't like they were, like, on some different wavelength taking anything from me or giving me anything. It was almost like I surprised them. Hmm. Okay. That was one of the feelings that I got, that, like, the reason why they even bothered to look back is that they were surprised. And what caused them to be surprised, I don't know. But it, there wasn't any sort of, like, sort of mental connection or anything like that. Uh, it was just sort of, like, in the same way that uh, – I know you do a lot of hiking and stuff, and you're you're an outdoorsy person mm-hmm. like I am. It's like when you accidentally walk up on something that – you know, a sleeping animal or something like that. There's just, like, this feeling oh, okay. of, like, oh, uh, okay, now what do we do? You know, one of us has got to move. So, yeah. but never a feeling of like anything was being conveyed to me or taken from me or anything like that. Just more like a recognition. It, like, there you are. Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. 
Yeah, that's in nature that's spooky. I've had plenty of run-ins with bear here, and anytime they look at you, they kind of have that trying to figure you out look. Like, what's inside? Is that edible? <laughs> it's, it's not a good feeling, and I can only imagine three uh, human beings or human-shaped mm-hmm. entities at least uh, giving that look. It would be a terrifying encounter. Mm, for sure. This other one is actually a question I was going to ask, but I'm going to credit Mike for this question. He wants to know what was going on in your life at the time of the encounter. Was it a stressful time in your life? You said you recently moved. Was that sort of something that brought about a lot of stress? Was that an easy move? Uh, was there something else going on or uh, or maybe something that made you special that, that they would visit you? Yeah. So, like, we had just moved, like, the year prior. Honestly, a perfectly easy move. We lived, like, two streets over. So it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't anything that was like that radical in terms of that. So they knew where to find you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had been pegged early. I just didn't realize it. <laughs> but uh, no, nothing, nothing super stressful. I mean, like I said, I was like nine or 10. Like, so who at nine or 10 isn't having a weird time in their life? Sure. But nothing, you know, it wasn't like I had recently awakened from a coma or had been in some like terrible accident or we had, it's like my parents were going through a divorce or anything like that. So just the usual stressors of being like a nine or 10 year old kid. Uh-huh. So it sounds like nothing really out of the ordinary. No, not at all. Which, you know, that kind of coincides with a, a lot of these, mm-hmm. just people going about their business and suddenly they see something unusual and then that something unusual sees them. And that's when the, the bad stuff starts to happen. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, I have a, a couple theories as to what these mirrored men might be. Now, I'm not going to hang my hat on any single one of these, but after years and years of, of researching and reading and hearing stories, I've kind of developed my own ideas. And I want to run each one of them by you and just kind of get your uh, initial thought on, yeah, that's plausible mm-hmm. or absolutely not. Uh, and the first one would be uh, Men in Black. Uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit ago about them traveling in threes. There's, I won't say there's missing time necessarily associated with Men in Black. I think maybe there has been a couple instances but that weird interaction, that uh, robotic movement, the strange appearance, like all that stuff seems to add up. So I, I guess I'll ask you point blank. What are your thoughts on these simply being the men in black or whatever that phenomena is? That's entirely possible. I think that one of the things that would sort of, at least for me, kind of discredit that at least a little bit. I, I know some of the, at least some of the men in black stories, they show up after something has happened. Or in certain places where something is has, I I think some of them are also before something's happened. Correct. I'm not like wildly off on that. Yeah, I I think that's happened as well too. Either way, they're showing up around UFO sightings, alien abductions, that sort of thing. Yeah. So in this case, as far as I know, one of those like kind of critical um, UFO events, like nothing has really happened otherwise. Um, you know, in other, like, in other words, nothing would have in that in that particular case, nothing would have drawn their attention to, you know, because of that something like that. So that's the only thing that I would sort of, gotcha. you know, put my like, eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, I, I would lean towards maybe not in that case. That's fair enough. Fair enough. The only thing I would say is maybe there was something going on in that area that didn't really True. involve you or your family. True. I just, and they just happened to be there and you just happened to be there. It's It's entirely possible. Yes, absolutely. It would be interesting. And, and maybe I'll look into this a little bit. If we can figure out what time period this was, maybe you can do some math and we can see if there's some UFO sightings or like a flap of UFO uh, sightings in the Cleveland area around that time. If that correlates, that'd be a data point at least, you know? Yeah, for sure. We can do that. And like, honestly, I think 
that would have been around the time. I feel like there were a spate of sightings in Illinois around that time in the early 90s. Okay. So, you know, at the very least, that's we're a hop, skip, and a jump away. But it's at least in the, you know, for any visitors, we're at least in the same neighborhood. Yeah, that's probably the Black Triangle sightings of uh, southern Illinois and eastern Missouri, I want to say. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's, that stuff. that sounds about right, yeah. They run Unsolved Mysteries and all that stuff mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other explanation, I guess, for this would be, and I'm not sure how much I, I, I really believe in this, but fae and fairies. And I say that because of the missing time element. Mm-hmm. Almost every fairy story you hear, they talk about being um, pixie-led or... Uh, you know, about them abducting you and you party with them for a night and you return home and seven years had passed or something. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it's always like this, this weird timeline that they're just simply not part of ours. They have their own separate. And, and when they intermingle, well, you lose time. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be about one of the only tie-ins to the, the fairy legend. But I, I want to run it by you anyway and see what you th- what you think about it. Honestly, that'd be really fascinating. But I didn't party with them, which really feels like <laughs> if they if they were fairies, they were fae, and they didn't invite me into their you know little party, that's that's just really... That's... Come on. That's not cool, guys. Rude. That's very rude. Very rude. But, uh, yeah, you know, I I think entirely plausible, but it, based on at least like from what I know and uh, about fae and fairies and, and what you just laid out there kind of seems like the shoe doesn't fit there really that well at all yeah yeah and i've never heard a fairy story out of cleveland either uh, i guess you guys have the brownies that's true well, I, the brownie is a little <laughs> irish elf so i mean it's the, the cleveland browns mascot from the 70s 60s, 60s into like the early part of the 70s yeah there you go there you go well the other category i have i have two more uh aliens is one and i bring that one up because you hear a lot of reports of the gray aliens specifically mm-hmm. traveling in threes and being synchronized in their movements uh, i found that report in several different alien abduction recounts that you know they saw this entity walk in and there was two of them beside him moving in perfect unison so uh, i'll throw that out there and, and tell me if that sticks this is exactly where my general thought process on this goes Mostly because, again, like this, I, this this combines with my general interest. Like it, when it comes to paranormal stuff, like aliens are my bag, like one hundred percent. Like that's the stuff I'm interested in. And when you do talk about the Greys, that's a hallmark, right? Like they are coordinated, even if they're like separated physically from each other, they always seem to be coordinated. Yeah. Whether that's them like sharing some kind of telekinesis, or they are being controlled by or they you know there is sort of one sort of hive mind that controls everything whatever it is that's like a hallmark of theirs that they are sort of very much in sync the way they move it all checks out obviously the physical appearance is different but we've also heard stories of greys intentionally obscuring themselves make themselves yeah you know difficult to locate hard to see that kind of stuff so that's 100 percent where my first thought goes to for what the for what this phenomenon is we have a lot of stories we share on the show about uh, owls and their connection to alien abductions and the greys themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a running theory that they may have the ability to screen their appearance, I guess. So if you're going to abduct a five-year-old child, you're not going to show up as an alien. That's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. But if you show up as an owl or something uh, like that, right. then perhaps, you know, not as uh, not as terrifying. You might you might get a little further right, w- with exactly. that. Uh, yeah. So it's certainly interesting to to compare the the alien element to all this. And you touched on something there that that uh, kind of piqued my interest 
about the hive mentality or the fact that these could be drones of some sort. And it kind of clicked in my mind, you know, if these are, let's say the greys are robots or some sort of AI technology, which has been posited many times. Mm-hmm. I've read that theory from several different people. Perhaps they would move in unison and they probably would all look alike. So there's two of our elements right there. And, and also, we also know that the, the greys are infamous for stealing time. Uh, we've, yes. we've heard that many times in different encounters with these alleged aliens. So uh, as far as ideas go, that's that's one of the more plausible ones, I think, even though that depends on aliens existing and that they're <laughs> right. visiting here on Earth. But we're already this far, so <laughs> right. why let that stop us? You know, and, and really, if you if you really look at this from a very a very very logical perspective, our first meeting with aliens, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Sure. Yeah. It, it truly, I mean, it's ludicrous to think that we're alone in this gigantic reality that is the universe. So when we have this first meeting, it'll very likely not be between, you know, you're not going to walk up and shake the hand of an alien. You're going to communicate through probably some kind of robot, you know, be it AI, a drone, something else, because probably don't want alien germs and they probably don't want our alien germs. Yeah, I'm sure they don't. So if you if you're looking at this from a very logical sort of point of view, they're going to send drones or even even if they're like biological machines, let's say. They're going to send things here that should they perish here, it's not going to harm them whatsoever. Um, should they come into contact with mm-hmm. us, it's not going to harm them whatsoever. They can control them from a distance. They can program what they're supposed to do, so on and so forth. A lot like all the robots that we've left scattered all over Mars. Sure, yeah. Just probes, you know, out there seeing what's there and what can be taken, yeah. I guess. I, I read a long time ago that, that if uh, aliens were to visit Earth, they would do it for one of two reasons. One would be a peaceful uh, fact-finding mission, basically just exploration, and the other would be to conquer. Mm-hmm. And the the latter sounds a lot more likely to me. <laughs> that that sort of drive takes people a lot further than just simple exploration, in my opinion. The need for something. Yeah. People uh, in the 1500s, they were all excited about exploration, but they really wanted that gold, you know what I mean? It, absolutely. That's, that's really what they were after. So I feel like it's going to be that same mentality. And if it is, we're we're screwed. Probably, <laughs> probably. Let's hope that they don't have human sensibilities in that regard. That they really <laughs> let's hope they have they have evolved <laughs> to some sort of Star Trek level utopia that they truly are just going out here to explore. Let's hope. Let's hope they're less animal than we are. Yes. Yeah. Well, the other, and I guess my front runner, to be honest with you, is uh, interdimensional travelers. And this has been brought up by a bunch of people. I kind of came to this conclusion myself, too, uh, before a lot of fans wrote in and told me about this. But we all seem to be on agreement that if you're seeing something from a a higher dimension, it's not going to appear as it actually is. Mm -hmm. I use the comparison of trying to show a two-dimensional, I don't know if they exist, but a two-dimensional entity, a three-dimensional entity, like trying to get them to look at each other. And they're just not going to. They're just not going to look right. Sure, yeah. They're not going to appear the way they should, uh, simply because of the laws of, of our dimensions. So if these things are from a higher dimension and they're slipping into ours, maybe there's only one of them. And because of that, they get split into three. And that's why they're moving together in unison. We're really looking at one entity that's displayed incorrectly, I guess. I'm not a smart person, so <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to stumble my way through this. But I don't know, what, do you, what do you think of that theory, I guess, or that harebrained idea? 
it's not harebrained because one of the things I thought about too, be it aliens or in this case, be it someone traveling interdimensionally, that what if some means of whether they're traveling or something on their bodies is creating some kind of light refractory effect. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we're seeing three of them, or in some cases two of them, is simply the collision of our sort of our physics against their physics, whatever that happens to be. So if you were to say have someone who is traveling interdimensionally, maybe simply the the actual means by which they do it kind of clashes with our physics mm-hmm. and it causes this sort of like again this like light refraction or sort of like a, a kaleidoscope effect sure yeah. where we're seeing we're seeing the same person or entity or whatever it is just from um, you know obviously we're just seeing it because of be it light be it atmosphere whatever in our reality is causing it to sort of bend and warp yeah which the reason why why I'm really intrigued by this and I'm picking up on this is because of the angles, again, that what I saw. It was as if one piece of the puzzle was out in front and one was behind, and there was one in the middle, as if light was sort of interplaying it and showing it at, from a weird angle. Kind of like the angle of a prism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Well, speaking of that, that tripling, I guess, as you're talking, this kind of popped in my head. If I was exploring a planet, or a dimension even, that I wasn't too familiar with, and this is a dangerous planet or a dangerous place with predators and, and humans, <laughs> that sort of thing. And I can invent devices. You know, I'm already traveling dimension, so I can invent things. Why wouldn't I invent something that would split my image into three so that, it, let's say, I run into a bear and it attacks one of us? Well, I have a one in three chance of being mm-hmm. fine. You know, that's that's some, some sort of deterrent, I guess. It, uh, deterrent's not even the right word. Deceptor. I, I don't know. There's some sort of word for it. Yeah, no, I, I get exactly where you're going with this, and I'll kick that a little farther. If you wanted to go observe, be it purely for peaceful reasons you wanted to observe, or if you were doing some kind of reconnaissance to find weaknesses, you're a lot less conspicuous in a group of people than you are oh, true. by yourself. Yeah. So it would sort of make sense that you know no one's paying attention to a group of two or three people, whatever, over on a corner, but like one person standing by themselves watching people is weird. You, you notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only reason you notice these guys is because they're moving in unison. If they didn't do that, they'd probably get away with it. Right. You know, even though there was some weird stuff about my story, if, like, let's just say they turned and looked at me and they all kind of broke off and ran away in different directions, at least I could just go like, oh, okay, well, you know, people were out here screwing around and, you know, they noticed me, they didn't want to get in trouble, they ran. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's that inhuman movement that really does obviously sort of make it stand out but if you were in a crowd of people in Los Angeles or New York I don't think you would notice three people moving in unison in a crowd of people would you? Probably not you know, probably not in a big crowd like that no Is it harebrained? Maybe a little bit but you know we're already going this far and it just sort of makes sense that is, it is some sort of yeah I don't know what you call it deception you know uh, camouflage it's probably a better way to put it Okay yeah well let's move on to a couple more questions here while uh, we have this pause in the action these are questions that are focused on after the sighting. Uh, basically, we were th- your thoughts on, on what had just taken place. Mm-hmm. And Rochelle wants to know uh, if you told your parents about what happened, and if so, what was their reaction to it? It sounds like your sister didn't know, so I imagine your parents didn't. Absolutely not. Didn't tell anyone because, again, like, you know, the usual stressors of, like, being 
nine or ten years old are like and trying to fit in and find yourself are bad enough but also by the way i see weird people walking out around my house at night i had really no reason to tell anybody this simply because it was just like yeah let's just add this to the pile of of problems that i have that's a good way to get yourself some meetings after school exactly i I don't i don't need to i don't need to to go to a a therapist on top of like everything else so that makes sense, yeah. I mean, and when you're 10, especially back then, I don't know how it is now, but, you know, I, I grew up roughly the same period, and you, you didn't share stuff like that that often. No. And it wasn't a stigma necessarily. It was just like, no one's going to believe me if I say it anyway, so what's the point? Exactly. The benefit to sharing it at that point in time in, in our lives, and that point in time in just in things in general, there was no upside to it, sure. really. You know, now, you know, podcasts, TikTok, social media... Maybe there is an upside to it. You could be, you could have some like weird story that might go viral. Back then, nothing. Yeah, nothing positive. Anyway, nothing positive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, Keith wants to know uh, if there were any lingering effects from this sighting. Speaking of negative and positive, the the one thing that definitely I attribute to this for a couple of weeks after, I just had very trippy, vivid, very vivid dreams. Hmm. of things that were, like, they're almost lucid, I guess, or borderline lucid, I guess. It just felt like I was a, I could real-time experience them. But they're almost, like, emotional in some ways. It, like, I can't really describe, uh, you know what I mean? I, don't, I can't, like, tell you, like, blow by blow, like, what happened in them. Hmm. But just that, like, they were very, very emotionally impactful. And, like, it, it, it you know, not that it made sleep uncomfortable or something, but it was just, like, you know, I woke up and it was just kind of like, oh, man, like that whatever just happened was very, you know, like I need to I need to go take a shower and like stay awake for a little bit because like that that just felt like a lot. It just sounds like it took an emotional toll on you and maybe that carried over into your sleep. Very possible. Yeah. Yep. Now, you're talking about these strange dreams and stuff for a couple of weeks after. You're familiar with sleep paralysis, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. Okay. Is there a possibility that this encounter was simply a bout with sleep paralysis? Have you ever had that before? Uh, and if so, did you have it around that time? And is that something you think could even be possible? It certainly is. Like, I actually had a sleep paralysis episode much later on in life. It was actually after I had uh, surgery. So it was like, probably like about 10 years ago now. And it, it wasn't like a freakish, like a lot of the sleep paralysis episodes, you know, like people describe either like demons or aliens kind of invading this sort of um this like waking state mine wasn't like that but it was this sort of like i remember lying there and like looking at like i could not move whatsoever it was on my side and i could not move whatsoever and i was staring at like a, a box fan that was you know on the other side of the room <laughs> and it was as if that fan was the size of like a jet turbine it was so loud and the little bits of light, like, you know, like a, there's like an alarm clock in the room and probably like a, you know, like a cell phone was my cell phone probably had like a notification that was beep, you know, that was, had the light going off on it. Those sources of lights were extraordinarily sure. strong. It was almost like they were spotlights. So like I've had this sleep paralysis kind of moments before and like just at least the experience that I had, you know, when I was like 29, 30 is very far away different from the experience that I had when I was like nine or 10. Yeah. Well, you know, based on what I know about the disorder, 
your original encounter didn't sound like sleep paralysis to me. Right. I mean, you usually don't get up and move around and uh, go fall asleep by a window. That's not usually how that stuff works. So, uh, But it was, you know, we're trying to come up with a solution here, and you, you kind of got to try everything and see what fits there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Let me do one more question mm-hmm. here. Uh, several people have asked, are you more prone to the paranormal now? Or has it changed your view of the paranormal? Has it made you look at it differently since this encounter? You know, it's weird because I, I don't feel like I'm any more prone to the paranormal than I was previously. Again, this is, this is a long time ago, but like I said, I've, I've had like those those moments where like I truly, you know, I see like a strange light on the horizon or something. And but like how many people have had that experience, right? Like a lot of people have had that experience. You know, I've I've had some other sort of those like weird little moments where like. You swear, like, you, you leave a room, you swear you close, like, uh, you know, you close the, the refrigerator door, and then you come back and the thing's open. You close it, you come back a minute later, and it's open again. Like, I've had those moments. But, like, nothing followed after that. Yeah. It was just, like, a moment in time where, like, something strange happened, and it does, like, raise your eyebrow, but nothing, like, you don't really think much about it past that. So I, I do think it's interesting that I had this very unique experience, and... Like, for a lot of people, more follows. But for me, really nothing followed after this. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean... I mean, I... (laughs) Do you wish that it would continue? Or is this something you're afraid will happen again? Or or would you like to experience this again? Kind of get another view at it? You know, I actually would love to experience this again. Just to see it through fresh eyes. um, To see it through more experienced eyes. Maybe there's something that I would see now that I missed before. That either, mm-hmm. not that like I could answer like, well, like oh, of course, that's what this was the whole time, but you know maybe there's details and things that I just missed because I was a kid, but I, I think probably I, I don't know I, I guess for the better that I have it like this isn't like something that's like haunted me like my entire life. Yeah, as you and I both know, and you know better than like a, a, a lot of people, a lot of people that have some of these experiences that do like kind of stick with them for their entire lives, things don't get better for them. <laughs> like it's no, not 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 yeah, usually. So once their once their eyes are open, it's sort of oh, there's another thing and another thing and another thing, and then they start right. to question, oh, "Am I crazy? Is this a real thing?" And it's a kind of a slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. So in in that case, like I guess probably better that uh, uh, nothing else has happened. But at the same time, it does sort of like it is sort of like man, it'd be kind of cool to see something else like that that truly is unexplainable. And it, like you said, it, as we kind of like let off the show with, it, it, there is something um, inside of us that like is just so satisfied about like either being a part of the mystery or even solving the mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's big or small, there's just something about us that like we really enjoy that sort of pursuit of answers. All of us enjoy that pursuit of answers. Yeah, just having a crack at it, you know, just mm-hmm. a chance to solve the mystery is just enough for most of us. Mm-hmm. Well, have you ever thought of doing like? Uh, Hypnosis or regression therapy or anything like that? So in high school, we had our psych teacher in high school, Mr. Davis, who was a, he was that teacher that all the kids liked, that he Mm. was like, he was the cool teacher. Yeah. And one of the things that made him very cool is that he could, in fact, hypnotize people very easily. That was like one of the highlights of the year was in his psych class when we did the hypnotism day. And I was apparently a very poor candidate for this. It truly just does not work for some people. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people. However, there were people, there was a couple, I remember this, uh, my one friend, I believe it was my one friend, Stephanie, 
who was not partaking in, like she wasn't one of the people being hypnotized and she got hypnotized just sitting at her desk, not even facing um, the, psych, the psych teacher. She obviously would have been a very good candidate. In fact, he, I remember him saying like, like I could have made Stephanie do like almost anything. But I mean, like she was, she mm-hmm. fell like that deep into it. But apparently I was a very poor candidate that could not be hypnotized. So it doesn't seem like it would, I mean, you know, maybe there are better hypnotists out there. But it's one of those things that kind of stuck with me. I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's maybe it would just be a huge waste of money. You know, I, I'm skeptical of all that anyway. Same here. Because I feel like people just say, you know, they may be lying to themselves, I guess is the best way yeah. to say it. Like They may be saying something that's not necessarily true, repeating something that didn't necessarily happen. And we all know how the human memory works. Exactly. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't work very well it's at all. It's not great. It's not great. Hmm. It'd still be pretty interesting. If you ever have an opportunity, let me know, and uh, I'll, I'll have all the listeners here pitch in a couple bucks, and we'll pay for your session. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see what we uncover. Yeah, there. yeah. Eh, you never know, right? If if it's something that uh, I don't know, like I said, if I, I mostly I just don't want to like make bad content for you. That would be like the worst part of it. Actually, <laughs> well, we know we don't have to. That's, air that's it, a good I guess. point. If it's just. If it's just old Alfre runs in classes from college, like we don't we don't need to put that <laughs> right. out there. Well, there, there's an element to these sightings that I want to get your opinion on, and this is something that uh, it intrigues me. Uh, I don't understand it, but it certainly intrigues me. A majority of these sightings, I would say 95% of them, take place in what I would call a rural place, a rural location. Uh, meaning not like a busy city street or something like mm-hmm. that, and yours is one of the one of the ones that's more urbanized, I suppose, than yeah. than the others. Uh, the fact that it happened—it's a cul-de-sac, is that right? Uh, it's a regular street, but at that point in time, the the road wasn't finished, so oh, that's right. It's an unintentional cul-de-sac, I guess. It was just a—you just really, you would have driven your car into a big pile of dirt. So that element right there makes me really curious, because normally that location would be urban. I would suggest. But the fact that it's not finished, I know how Ohio does it. They'll just find an old farm, section it up, and just build 50 houses mm-hmm, on it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like at that time it was the transition between the farm and the new development that was being built. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that it was somewhat rural. And Never mind all that. Anyway, what, what's your overall thought about that element that seems to be repeated? Uh, is it a coincidence, or do you think maybe there's some sort of connection here? And if so, what is it? That is really interesting. I think it actually depends on like what your point of view of what the mirror men actually are can actually explain the connection. If it is an interdimensional traveler, again, I'm just this is very much spitballing here. Hmm. It'd probably be safer for everyone if you were traveling through places that aren't populated. Sure. If you know they're empty in both zones, right? Exactly. If you know that for sure, like the chances of me running into people for my own safety and their safety and who knows who else's safety is increased simply because there's just not going to be a lot of people around here. That sort of makes sense. If it's greys, if it's aliens, it actually might make less sense, right? Like, you know, wouldn't you want to touch down somewhere where you have a better chance at potentially being able to find people? You know, whether it's to probe and experiment on or simply to observe whatever the the mission is, you would kind of want to go someplace, maybe not necessarily like crowded, but you'd think you'd want to like pick a spot that might have more options for you. I mean, I don't know, but I guess suppose it just depends on how you're thinking about like what the what the mirror men are. I'm going to argue with you on that one real quick and just say that maybe it makes more sense that they come down 
let's say they have somebody picked out. Let's say they're greys that, that came down and they picked you. That seems like the perfect scenario to abduct you or do the experiments on you or whatever. There's nobody else around. There's hardly any houses. Most of them are empty. Your parents are asleep. Uh, it's, it's kind of the perfect scenario. Would it not be? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's that's one end of it. But also, I'd, if I like went missing, it'd be very noticeable. That's um, a good point. Yeah, but like it, it, that does make sense, though. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Interesting. I keep saying interesting because I have no other, like nothing to compare this to. There's like there's no bellwether <laughs> here. It's it's just interesting. All of it. Okay. Well, let me hit a couple more of these questions here. Uh, I have so many. I want to try to get through as many as I can. Ryan wants to know if you'd hang out with him if you want to go get a beer with him. He thinks they seem kind of cool. Ooh. Um. I mean, again, like I really think I would love to have this experience again, but I don't think I want to get much closer than like, you know, viewing distance of like whatever they're doing. I, I don't think if they're interdimensional travelers or if they are greys, I don't think they want to hang out necessarily with us either. They, they got shit to do. <laughs> you know, everybody I've heard from that's seen these things, they're absolutely terrified by them. They don't want to see it again. Even people that heard about them. I mean, they didn't even have to see them. They just heard the stories. And like, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. It, it really seems to strike a nerve with people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about them that does that. Is it the eye contact? Is it the strange movement? It's kind of uncanny valley situation. Yeah. Uh, the missing time. Do you have any guesses as to what makes this so impactful, I guess? Yeah, I think almost because I would almost feel more of a sense of wonder and amazement if that was a gray alien standing out in the roadway mm. or if it was if, if Sasquatch wandered over I would there would be like a sense of like oh my gosh it exists they're real you know like there just would be this uh, this sort of like sense of like verification of some of these like weird things that you've heard about growing up and some of the weird things that have captured you know the pop culture's imagination over the years it would verify that i have no idea what this verifies other than mm-hmm. the fact that there's something very freaky and it it is unlike anything else that we have obviously there's m- more people have experienced this but you know more people have ufo sightings more people have um you know bigfoot people have those experiences right like and like you can at least chalk it up to go Maybe it's this mythical creature that you know people have seen before. There is no like accounting for what this really is. Like we have, as we've sat here and gone through, there's some theories that might that fit or make sense, but they they still don't fit or make sense any kind of other theory at all. Yeah, they fit with each other pretty well, though. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what that means, but they fit with each other pretty well, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, again, I I'll say this again because it blows my mind when I ask you to do this story. I never in a million years thought anybody, no offense, but I didn't think anybody would even get excited about it, let alone, you know, all this stuff will come in. Because, it, you know, frankly, it's not a Bigfoot sighting or, you know, it's not a UFO abduction, like the tentpole kind of stories. Mm-hmm. But weirdly enough, it kind of became one, didn't it? It did. I, again, I, that, that's the part that, like you said, it just, it's very mind-blowing that this is something that that is a lot more prevalent than you would have ever realized. Yeah. Certainly than I ever realized. And there's some sort of connection. Yeah, I don't know a, a human connection uh, with the fear part of it, not not with the mere mm-hmm. men themselves. But there's it, it does something to people that just terrifies them. 
Yeah. And luckily I'm not one because I sit down here in my office all hours of the night reading this stuff and listening to stories. So if I was one of those people affected by this, you guys would not be getting a show <laughs> because there's so <laughs> many of these stories. But I, I do love them. I, I think they're mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. Well, Matt, I'm going to get you out of here. I really appreciate you taking the time, but I want to ask you one more quick thing, uh, and that's about the weather. Most of these cases, just like with the uh, location, 95% of these take place around some sort of strange or noticeable change in weather. A storm, a super windy day, snowstorm, uh, fog has been a a case Mm -hmm. in a certain instance. Did you have any strange weather during your encounter? No strange weather. For sure, I'm thinking this was like late spring, you know, early summer, you know, probably, you know, we're recording this on June 1st. It it was probably around this time of year. Okay. So it was, you know, the the weather was nothing really to write home about. There wasn't, as far as I can remember, there wasn't like there was any like severe weather the week prior or, you know, the days prior um, and nothing followed necessarily after that. You know, I could be totally wrong. That's actually something we can definitely look up but nothing out of the ordinary like i said that day was definitely clear on the warmer side i guess that's weird for ohio i was gonna right? say you're in cleveland <laughs> so that's out of the ordinary right it was there. above 12 degrees which was very strange <laughs> and the sky wasn't gray which is also very strange yeah no it just it was a very typical day which i, I suppose that kind of at least for me feeds into the weirdness of it that it, it, there wasn't anything truly out of the ordinary that happened at any point in time as far as I can remember. Weather-wise, there was nothing major popping up in the news or anything. It was just a very normal day. I wonder if maybe there was a full moon or an eclipse or something like that that just wasn't remembered. Uh, A full moon has been the strange weather in a couple of these cases. Uh, I I don't think that's all that strange, but it's notable. Uh, You know, that's a little different than, than your average day. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it. let's just pretend it was like maybe like May. If it was towards the end of May, you'd be, you know, moving towards more than likely towards a full moon or, mm. you know, closer to one anyway. So it's possible, entirely possible. Do you think that there's any sort of connection there? Or maybe that's just a coincidence. You know, if here, I, I, I will say probably maybe just coincidence, but also it would be one of those things you, you would remember a, a weird event happening under a full moon. It just, you know, mm. it, like maybe it's just you draw that connection easier. But if we are talking about, to further a harebrained idea, if we are talking about, at least the way it appeared to me, light being refracted, then a full moon blasting light down on us would be something that could cause light to refract and look strange. Well, Matt, again, I want to thank you so much for stopping by and, and having a talk with us. This is something we've been wanting to do, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I kind of... Uh, I I kind of felt weird about it a little bit. I'll be honest with you. All these stories are going on out here, and I'm thinking, I don't know how Matt feels about this. Does that make him feel good? Does that make him feel bad? And we kind of never talked about it for the longest time. So this was really good for me to sit down and talk to you about a lot of this stuff. And I I certainly didn't want to do it off air. So I was waiting until a time that I can get you on here and and ask you all these questions. So, again, thank you so much for... Uh, for taking the time to do this. Is there anything else about this experience that you want us to know or uh, you know, something we should look at, look for in the future or maybe a precursor to these things visiting? Oh, man. Uh, well, let me, let me start by first to say, like, I have zero problem talking about this. Like, I, I truly don't. Like, it's, it, but it's one of those things that, like, 
you know, had you asked me when, I don't know why you would have asked me when I was 10 years old, that'd be weird. But, you <laughs> know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it just back then it would have been something I just, you know, like, would have told, like, maybe, I, I know for sure I told some of my close friends, you know, when I was like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just one of those things that, like, like, you, like we said, there's really no upside to it when you're that age and at that point in time in in the world there was no upside to explaining to your parents you know what this phenomenon that you just watched but like now i you know like knowing that there is like an outlet full of um people who are people who are interested sympathetic and won't like give you like a a weird look when you when you talk about it and you go into it that's definitely very comforting you know, I wouldn't just like lead in with this like when I met new people necessarily. Like, probably not a good idea, no. right? But but knowing that there are people out there that are interested in this, you know, it is like okay, great. I'll for 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 them, I will for for your listeners and your people that are really interested in this, and obviously the people that have like had this share experience. I have zero problem going into detail about this and talking about it. I'll I'll tell you what the thing that the thing that it will always besides like actually seeing them. The thing that will always stick with me is just the way that I felt 100. It, it's not like you're you're being coerced or forced to do anything, but it just the way that I woke up and felt an overwhelming need to get out of bed and this overwhelming need to go to the window and see what was going on down the street. That's like the other thing that really will stick out about this experience. That there was that feeling that you get on like almost. Almost a feeling you get like of, of a Christmas morning, that anticipation of mm, going downstairs okay. and getting your presents. It was just this like I have to see what is going on, and you know I, I I didn't really I didn't really mention this, but I don't know if that is something they did or, or what. Like I, it's another thing that I can't square. Why would they want me to see them just to then literally blank me out and knock me out? Like what? Maybe that's part of the process. You need to be looking at them for could be. them to be able to exercise that. Whatever yeah, it yeah, is. could be for sure. But it just—it's one of this another piece of this that doesn't really, at least for me, doesn't really like one hundred percent square. That I just can't, I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is and why that happened. But that was sort of the, if you, if you, I guess if you want to think of it as like a precursor, that was like the the feeling before anything else was just this absolute need to go do something and just like if like if Derek if you were like standing in front of me I would have pushed you over to go look out the window (laughs) you know it's funny ever since I heard your story well the retelling at least I always get up whenever I have that feeling (laughs) if I'm laying in bed and I wake up and I'm like oh I should look out the window I always just get up and look because you never know I mean it could be the one time it is literally something that I still do now and it's not like it happens every night but there are times where I'm a little restless or like I'm just not getting good sleep and there is in the back of my mind I'm like you should get up and look outside just real quick just go to the mm-hmm. back window and look go to the back door and look whatever it is and as of yet nothing but it is quite literally something that since then there have just been moments where I'm like I wake up and I'm like is it happening again maybe I should just go to the window real quick because I just feel like I have to and I've been doing that ever since and because of you, I'm sure there are thousands of people out there doing the exact same thing. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> so now's your time to apologize, <laughs> Matt. You know what? I am not sorry. You guys can join me on this 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 weird this weird ride. Uh, not sorry at all. Welcome aboard, baby. 
Well, speaking of joining you on the ride, I got to know, I'm just going to ask point blank, and we're going to end the interview here with this. When you found out about everybody else, about all these other sightings all across the country and the world, I've had them in Australia and a couple other places, what went through your head? How did you feel? Was it uh, relief that uh, somebody else had experienced this, or did it somehow quantify it and, and make it even scarier for you? Flabbergasted that this is something that is, you know, was not contained to my own life experience, which I guess that kind of, that sounds kind of selfish, but again, like it's not like I watched X-Files episodes that covered this when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So flabbergasted that this was something that is this widespread. Uh, You said Australia as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're all Australia. And I think like the Philippines, no Guam was the other place. Oh, Guam. Okay. Yeah, so it flabbergasted that it's like that far-reaching. I suppose it, there. I suppose there is sort of that comfort in numbers mm-hmm. that, like, you just you don't feel totally strange or totally like out of your mind that other people have as well experienced this. Uh, I, I imagine that, like, I imagine that there are you know people who recount being ab- actually abducted by aliens. I'm assuming that they're at ease with each other, right? Like, I'm assuming mm, that yeah. that's there is some comfort in knowing that like you're not, you don't feel completely crazy. I feel not that I feel crazy about this, but there is some kind of comfort and like, okay. So other people have had this experience as well. But again, then there comes in like the, so what does that actually mean? It doesn't sound like it means anything. It opens a whole new door, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. (laughs) Well, Matt, I I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to, to come by and talk mirrored men with us. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where you can find your podcast? Because I, I think people might enjoy listening to it. It's not paranormal. I, I will say that out loud. But uh, it, it's a pretty good podcast. And, and Matt's been doing podcasting for a long time. Uh, you're kind of the grandfather uh, in the podcasting world. I literally, I, I kind of, I forgot who I was talking about uh, talking about this uh, with the other day. I really should have like named my podcast way back when, just like the podcast. Yes. Because I'm sure that no one had like had even thought about doing that back then, and I could have been the person that has that like has you know uh, trademark and all kinds of rights over the podcast. I kind of screwed that one yeah. up. But uh, you can find yeah, it's not a paranormal podcast, but I, I suppose if you're into uh, if you're into pop culture, if you're into technology, if you're into anything that that might entail, uh, general news stories. Uh, we cover a lot of stuff on my podcast. It's called The Occasionalists. Um, you can find us on Instagram at The Occasionalist Podcast. Just recently, I wrapped up a series of episodes on uh, war movies, oh, and nice. I, you know, we broke down specific battle scenes from various movies, like like ancient battle scenes, modern battle scenes, World War II scenes. Did actual movie reviews. Uh, one of a, a movie from 1936 called um, Things to Come. It's uh, based off an H.G. Wells book. So, you know, that that's the most recent month. Prior to that, I, I had a whole series with some friends of mine that were experts in various fields. Um, a friend that does stand-up comedy, a friend that is like a very accomplished rock climber, and also Nugent did one with me as well. Um, he's not <laughs> he's accomplished. Not qual- but. He's not qualified, but he did one with you. <laughs> but he well, did one with me. Yeah. I-, I noticed you didn't give me a call, Matt, so. I, you know, it was, I literally should have, but like just the scheduling and like what I needed to get, like they fit in. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I really should have I really should have called you up and, and gotten you on to, to talk about 
podcasting, but also like the um, sort of the, having your foot so uh, far into the into the paranormal world too. So I kind of I did kind of screw up on that one, but nah, no, it, it's it, you know what I, I thank you for for not making me uh, don't make me dance, don't make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, uh, things that might be of interest to your listeners every halloween we do like a big blowout it's usually at least like four episodes of diving into horror movies horror tv shows related music we get into a lot of detail of that kind of stuff so like that's one of the very very fun times of year every october we just we absolutely go nuts in the horror stuff so that might be of a little crossover interest to your fans out there well, those are the ones I really like to tune into. I, I, I catch them every once in a while. I'm not a, believe it or not, a big podcast listener anymore, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I do make sure I catch a couple of those when Halloween time rolls around. Oh, for sure. They're, they're a lot of fun. I love doing those. So that's that's where you can find me. The That's my sales pitch. I, I'm actually going to put a link up to your show in the show notes, too. So if you're listening and you want to check Matt's podcast out, go ahead and uh, click that link. I highly encourage you to do so. Again, he's been in this game a long long time so show the man some respect absolutely absolutely thanks derek i appreciate it this is a lot of fun man i know this isn't like your normal show format so like i really appreciate you you know kind of bending your own rules here to get me on this was a lot of fun to talk about talk about with you well this was a long time in the making and i again thank you so much for taking the time to come on and uh, i'm pretty excited to share this with everybody for sure man for sure all right matt take care and everybody else i'll see you on the backside. all right take care derek thanks Another huge thanks to Matt for stopping by. Not only was it great to catch up, but it was also nice to get some answers after all these years. No, it's going to do it for this episode. No, as always, Monsters Among Us is written and produced by me, Derek Hayes. Additional support is provided by Sarah Carter Hayes and Delaney Bowers. Please take a quick moment to follow us on social media and give us a like and follow over on YouTube as well. While you're clicking around, maybe give us a rate and review. Five stars and a few kind words go a long way to help the show grow. And finally, tonight's score was provided by Go.ag Music and Carl Casey and White Bat Audio. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming. Keep it spooky and have a good night.